Nora Speaks is a weekly podcast that tugs at the soul and consciousness of the Black community. With show topics such as youth empowerment, education, women's impact, and civic engagement, Nora Speaks challenges the listener to not only join the movement, but be the movement. On the show, you'll learn from insightful guests who have demonstrated capacity in these fields and more, and I'm your host, Nora Muhammad. Welcome to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Nora Speaks podcast. I am your host, Nora Muhammad. It is always a pleasure to be with you, and I I view it as a privilege that you would join me for another episode. And to my subscribers, I'm so grateful to you. Um, To those who listened to the last episode, I truly appreciate your feedback. Um, I thought that some of the messages would be sensitive for some listeners, um, particularly because it is uh, it can be a, a a painful thing to um, be told the truth about ourselves, uh, and especially where uh, we don't like to take the blame or we don't like to um, or, or taking the blame or accepting responsibility can just be challenging. Um, but I've gotten great feedback on that episode and I've been uh, encouraged to continue. Um, to those who listen to the podcast and may not comment um, and leave a review on Apple, although I encourage you to do to leave me an, uh, a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen on iTunes or on SoundCloud or even uh, on my social media feeds. Um, the Norris Speaks podcast is on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, but those of you who do not comment publicly but talk to me individually and share your support, I really do appreciate that. I have to say that, you know, having this podcast for me, I see it as my uh, as a personal service um, in which I'm paying a debt of gratitude uh, to, for all of those who have sowed seeds into me, for all of those who have taken time with me in my journey of life. I believe that I must repay those efforts. I have to repay that sacrifice. And uh, wisdom belongs to us all. Knowledge belongs to us all. And so I can't sit on what I have and not share what is relevant and appropriate to be shared. And it is with that spirit that I do this podcast. It is not because I like uh, the, the microphone so much. It is not because I like the camera or the spotlight. Um, in fact, any who know me personally and who has known me for a good number of years, uh, this was never something that I sought out for myself. But I do recognize that too much uh, or to whom much is given, then much is required. And this uh, project, the Nora Speaks podcast, is part of uh, me paying my debt of gratitude back um, to my community and sharing uh, valuable resources, information, and insights that will improve the outcomes of our community and at least, at the least, give us some things to think about. So again, uh, you can subscribe to the Nora Speaks podcast wherever you listen, uh, whether that's CastBox, SoundCloud, um, let's see, Spotify, um, Stitcher, Spreaker, Radio Public, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way, notifications can be sent directly to you, as well as uh, like and follow me on social media. Again, my social media handle is Nora Speaks Podcast. So please follow me there. But I am continuing in the conversation that I started in the last episode discussing black women, hard truths, and tough talks. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about the role of marriage in parenting that many of us have overlooked, many of us have uh, determined to be insignificant, or, or maybe we just don't really, we don't really know the value that marriage has in parenting. And, you know, for many of us who have not been raised in a family, um, which would be a mother and a father, um, for many of us who did not witness that, did not have that experience, you may be like me when I was younger. I uh, did not see marriage in my future. I really uh, wasn't interested. I, I didn't see marriage close up per se. Growing up, um, I wasn't raised by either of my parents, let alone in a married household. So for me, marriage just wasn't something on my radar. And because marriage wasn't on my radar, neither was children. Uh, Because I had uh, determined at a very young time in my life that I would not have children out of wedlock. I would not um, raise children without their father uh, being a part of my life. And that was a decision that I came to very young because, as I said, I was raised by neither my mother nor my father, um, nor did I know my father. And I recognized some of the unique personal challenges that I had in in that experience and from that experience, Um, you know, the identity issues, the um, confidence issues, some emotional issues. There's, there's, there's a, there's a definitely a a, a feeling of uh, detachment um, that can come from a child not knowing who their parent is because there is no attachment. And children, people, we need attachments. We need social attachments uh, for us to be healthy, and that. Uh, absence of a father was certainly impacted me. And so there was so much that, you know, went on for me. I, I decided, man, I can't do this to my own child. I wouldn't want to repeat this experience for anybody. And when I say I made this decision, I was probably 11 years old, uh, maybe even 10 years old, when I just kind of thought, okay, I, I'm not doing this. I'm not repeating this. Um, then as I, you know, got older and, um, you know, went into my teens, I just thought that, okay, well, I really don't think I want, I'd want to get married when I'm older. I really don't really see the value in it. Um, so I guess, well, I probably won't have children. Um, fortunately, there was a, um, a powerful moment in my life where the idea of family uh, for me changed, and uh, it was actually a minister and his wife and his family that I got to see kind of up close. And I saw the beauty of marriage. 
I saw the beauty of being a mother and motherhood. I saw beauty in it. And I decided it was something that at some point I did want for myself. So, you know, that trajectory of my life had changed. But as I said, in general, um, we have a, a, a lack of value for marriage in the black community, particularly if we are not raised in a married household. Um, I talked in the previous episode about young women being reckless with young, reckless boys and men and having children um, and then trying to figure out how to navigate their way forward under those very uh, challenging conditions. And we really have to break the cycles that have um, that have plagued our community for generations and generations. And as adults, we have to be unselfish. Um, so, I, so in this episode, I want to talk about the importance of marriage in motherhood. Um, and I wrote about this uh, a few years ago, I believe. I talked about, um, for me, as a mother, obviously there is a responsibility for, uh, for me to provide a shelter for my children, for me to nourish my children with food, for me to make sure my children are educated. But I believe that as a mother, there's also a responsibility for the children to have an attachment to their father. And I recognize marriage is the strongest and most reliable vehicle for a child to be attached to their fathers. And a friend of mine was relaying to me recently, we were reflecting back on college, and she was reminding me about a certain professor who was very powerful, is a very powerful woman. But she used to say that marriage is primarily to have the father remain in the child's life. And she would just talk about, you know, the, um, the, the, the way uh, humanity evolved. And, you know, there was a time where the men, they say, were the hunters and the gatherers and the, and the women were the nurturers. Well, that vehicle, that connection between the mother and the father or a husband and a wife was the vehicle to keep that father attached to those children. And, you know, and just in us reflecting on that, I found that we have become selfish, men and women. We have become selfish in thinking about the comfort that we want in our lives that can be interrupted with the challenge of compromise with a husband or a wife with a spouse, the challenge of forgiveness, uh, the challenge of disappointment, the challenge of... Um, of sacrifice, there are many challenges in a marriage that too many of us walk away from for what we think is the um, the happiness that waits on the other side. And marriage is an absolute challenge. And if anyone who is married says it's not a challenge, um, I would have to question that. Because in a marriage, you have two people who have their own, although they may have common values, 
in common goals, but they're still two different people. And they're, they, we, married people, are forced to compromise. You can't always have your way. It will not always be the way you want it. So certainly marriage has uh, its challenges. Certainly marriage can be a struggle. But what I'll share is I believe that an even greater struggle is to raise children in the absence of their father. What would be even harder than, or what is even harder than uh, sustaining and maintaining a marriage and preserving a marriage is having our children be being raised detached from their father. Now, certainly there are folks who are divorced or who may have never married, but who are co-parenting. Their uh, parents live in separate households. Um, I've seen it where, you know, parents live in separate states. Um, but there is something very unique about watching a mother and father in a household every day. There's something that a child learns. And as I said, you know, a mother is responsible for uh, the child's uh, shelter, nourishment, education. We're also responsible to preserve our children's emotional welfare. And we, um, we can make our children vulnerable with the breaking up of the family. It hurts them too. And we'll say, you know, mom and dad, you know, we're going to be going our separate ways, but we both love you and we both still care about each other, but we both love you and we want you to be okay. While mother and father might be optimistic about the breakup and, and, and all of the expectations that's going to come from the separation, that sh there's, there's something that's being broken for that child. And I say that we have to be unselfish because at this point, once you're married with children, your responsibility doesn't um, stop with you. Your responsibility is now to that child in everything the totality of a child's needs. We must meet the totality of our children's needs. And what I know is that we are in a society that is designed to put pressure on marriages, that is designed to strain and stress families. And this society is also designed to, um, to destroy black males. I, I believe that 100% that we are living in a society that um, diminishes uh, the importance and the significance of black men. And I did not want to have children and have them not have the strength that comes from a father in the home, whether, you know, a daughter's or sons, I have I have sons, but even if I had daughters, I wanted to have a father, a man, and the strength of a man in the home as a as as a shelter for a girl child, and I definitely want an example of what a man is for my male children and my female children. You know, they need to see what a man looks like in the home. They need to see what it what, what it looks like for a man to go out and work every day, to support his family, to be a protector of the household. This is something that children need to see. And as I talked about earlier, marriage being challenging, we have an instant gratification society. Well, 
you have to rethink your expectations when you're in a marriage. And so for, for me, I believe, too, we have to make marriage real for our young people who are soon to be married. You know, there is no such thing as, as a fairy tale. And I was grateful, and, and I am grateful, that before I even thought about considered marriage, I understood that marriages come with very unique challenges and any relationship is going to come with unique challenges. And so once challenges showed up in a marriage, there is no escape plan. There is no backdoor plan. There is no plan B plan. Um, if this, then that. Now, I will add this caveat here because it is important, uh, I believe, to say that for me, you know, I, I do not believe that a woman should stay in a marriage because she has children when she's uh, suffering with domestic violence. Absolutely not. I do not believe that a woman should stay in a marriage or in a household with a man that creates unsafe conditions. As I said, you know, we as mothers were responsible for the safety, the shelter, um, the welfare of our children. And if we expose our children to violence, then that is compromising their safety. So under those conditions, no. Um, I believe that you should run and you should run fast and seek help. Uh, however, a lot of the, 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 the marriages that have dissolved that I know um, have been uh, largely in part because um, of what some may term irreconcilable differences uh, or some may say it was a lack of commitment to the relationship, to the marriage or to the family. Um, but for me and what I teach my children as I explain to them marriage like this, uh, marriage with children, it is as if we have a group project for a class. And in uh, for that project, each person that's assigned to the project has their unique contribution. Um, if you have a class project, somebody might be doing the graphics. Um, somebody might be doing the um, the audio portion of it. Some po some person might be uh, doing the writing and the narrative for the project. And you assign those people to take the those specific responsibilities because of a unique skill set that they may have um, and a strength that they may have. So for me, the way I see marriage with children is that a father has a unique skill set that cannot be uh, replaced by the mother, and the mother has a unique skill set that cannot be replaced by the father. And I know that we are creeping up on Father's Day, and I know, unfortunately, there will be some Father's Day cards that are written to mothers, which I think is absolutely horrible and deplorable and continues to suggest the lack of necessity of a man and of a father for a child of a mother to present a Father's Day card and say, you are my mother and my father. No, she was your mother and she was probably a very exceptional mother, but she was not your father. She was your mother. So we cannot replace the contribution of another. I can't stand in for my husband. I can represent him to my children. I can share um, lessons and guidance and um, his message to my children, but it's still his. And likewise, my husband can't um, stand in my place as a mother. There's something very, very unique. And, and I'll share a story. I remember 
um, when my first son was very, very young and he was crying as infants do. I mean, he was probably not even three months old yet. And he was just crying and crying and crying. And I came and my husband was holding him, but he was like, he doesn't want me. He wants you. He wants your softness. And I really got to thinking about it. And I realized that there is something uniquely in the design of a woman that is uh, nurturing and soothing and consoling to a child. And, you know, just in that statement, my husband helped me further recognize um, that that there are specific roles for specific people for specific reasons that he couldn't give my child what my child wanted from me. He just didn't have that to give. Um, you know, a man is, is, you know, muscular and hard and women were soft and were nurturing and were soothing. And those are the things that each present that um, can create the fullness and the wholeness for family, and that's just physical, but there's also emotional things there. There's also spiritual things in that. But many of us don't even realize um, that this is the case, and if we don't know about it, then it's not something that we can value, and it's not something that we can work towards or desire for, for ourselves. So I believe that we should... Uh, help our young people recognize the importance of both mother and father, recognize the importance of mother and father in the home. I mean, you know, we, you know, one of the things, my, my son had a, uh, a job interview recently, and, you know, one of the questions that they commonly ask in interviews is how, how well do you get along with others, right? Well, in a family, in a marriage, children are learning right there at home their first lesson in how to get along well with others, how to uh, resolve conflict, how to compromise. They're seeing it first with their parents, and then they have to practice it with their siblings. The saying that the family is the most basic unit of civilization, the family. If the family is broken, then the civilization is also going to be broken. So I'll say this, because I know that there are those who are listening who say, well, I was raised in a single-parent home, and I turned out okay. There are some who may say, well, I raised my children, I'm a woman, and I raised my children by myself, and they turned out okay. Or they turned out great. And maybe they did turn out great. And maybe they did. And maybe you are great, and you were raised by a single parent, whether it's a father or a mother. But you missed out on something by not having your father and your mother in your home. And I'm saying this, and I was raised by neither. Um, so I'm saying this because it is true. And so just back to that selfishness that we have in this society, we have a very uh, Eurocentric thinking in this society where we want to be individuals. And when strife comes, we just want to break it off and go our separate ways. And I come back to, but what about what that child needs? You know, just like the sperm could not produce a child on its own, nor could the ovum or the egg produce a child on its own. They had to come to that together for the spark of conception to produce life. Well, we also need the contribution of the male and we need the contribution of the female to preserve and sustain life. And I don't want us to 
continue to denigrate the importance of family. Family is so important. Our young people are out here in these streets taking the lives of their peers because there's a disregard for life. And the regard for life starts in the home. The ability to resolve conflict starts in the home where we are modeling that. You know, our children see that we don't always agree. If you're married, your children will see that you don't always agree. But that doesn't mean that you you hurt each other. That doesn't mean that you neglect each other. That, that doesn't mean that you run away from each other. Sometimes you might need a timeout, certainly. But that doesn't mean that you just break everything up and you destroy what you've built because of a disagreement. And so to be married, we really have to have lasting power. You know, and, and I'll say, you know, when I was younger and marriages had their ups and downs, you think, whoa, this is, you know, what is this? But as time has passed and I've maintained my commitment to my marriage, maintain my commitment to my children to, to raise them in a marriage, and now that I'm nearly to the other side and my, my sons are nearly adults, I'm looking at the product that my husband and I produce together. Because, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, boy, you did such a great job raising your children. Well, I didn't do it by myself. There was a man here. There is a man here. And I'm looking at that product of, of the involvement of a man in the home. And I am so grateful that we hung in there, that he stayed with me and my craziness. I stayed with him and his craziness because don't think you're not going to be married in America and not have some crazy, not after the 400 years that we've experienced. And so there was crazy and he's crazy and I'm crazy. And so what? Our children have us here together and they um, are, are, are emotionally healthy. And so I'll say again, this is not to condemn anybody. This is if you are perhaps remarried, perhaps you are raising your child separate from your child's father. Perhaps you're a father raising your child separate from his or her mother, or perhaps you're co-parenting. We have to, what I'm saying is we have to make the best effort for our children. Give them the shot at least. Satisfy your own mind that, well, I gave it a shot. But so many of us and too many of us do not even consider marriage as, as, as a, an option or, or as a necessity or as a requirement. We don't think like that now. We say, you know, we live in a modern time. It's 2019 and that's old fashioned. Well, you know, I don't know about that, about it being old fashioned. Maybe some people think, you know, traditions no longer have significance. And I, and I would disagree with that. The tradition of family, the tradition of marriage specifically is very important. And to the sisters who are raising their children and they're co-parenting with the father, be very careful of saying that you're single parenting, you know, or that, you know, you're a single parent. I, I think that language, we, we throw it around, but if there's a father there, you're not single parenting, you're co-parenting. You might be single, meaning you might not be married, but be very careful talking about single parenting because we take messages and we can inadvertently without intention, kind of devalue the contribution of a father who is actively involved in his son or his daughter's life because we say that we're a single parent. Well, you're 
unmarried, you're an unmarried parent, um, but you are not single parenting if the father is involved or if you're a father and the mother's involved, you're not single parenting. You're perhaps an unmarried parent, but not a single parent. And I've watched, uh, you know, people talk about and give credit to their mother and say, you know, my mom was a single mom and I want to give her a shout out because she, you know, and just speaking with my, my other married, uh, friends, well, we married moms, we want to shout out too. We want to shout out for sustaining. We want to shout out for hanging in there. We want to shout out for, uh, we want to get some love for doing our part to maintain the conditions to preserve the marriages that we have. Because again, you know, marriages are challenging. People are nutty. We are nutty. Our husbands can be nutty, but we've created the conditions to sustain the marriage. There uh, deserves to be credit for those of us too. There deserves to be credit to the fathers who are married with their wives uh, and are raising their children in the home too married families, married parents, we want credit too. I'm not trying to take anything away from my single mother sisters who are doing it and doing it darn well, but shout out some love to us married mothers who are doing it too. Give us some love because it's messaging. It is messaging and our young people often hear more about single parenting than they do about married parenting. And they need to hear about married parenting. They need to see married parenting. You know, if they don't see it, if they're not, um, if they're not exposed to it and taught about the benefits, then they're going to grow up and possibly not value it for themselves. And if they don't see the the sacrifices and the compromises and the sh- and the struggles and the ups and the downs and the hills and the valleys of life, because that's what life is. If they don't see that in a marriage and, you know, we're easy to quit. We are very easy to quit. We're very easy to give up. But if they see us sustaining this thing, hanging in there, fighting for it because we're fighting for them, then they will hopefully repeat that same effort when they have children. I tell my sons, you better be very careful Uh, about the woman that you choose to have children with because that woman can make that child love you or that woman can make that child hate you. And uh, the greater chance that you're going to have to shape that mind of your child is to be there with that woman. The greater chance that you have for that child to love and value you is to have a woman who also loves and values you. But because so many of us are impetuous and having uh, sexual relationships uh, with people that we don't care about or we don't want or, you know, in uh, disposable or hookup relationships, then there's no value there. And hopefully it will grow to that. But it is not inherent in the relationship. The relationship was not conceived with love, was not conceived with value, was not conceived with respect. And that is what's missing in the, in the relationships amongst these young people having children. And you may say it's, un, it's insignificant. You know, I can raise my child by myself. I don't need a man to be there. But again, I'm saying this is not about what you need. This is about what that child needs. And we have to start putting our children first. Um, I am involved in my community and I see the ramifications and the impacts of our casual relationships 
and the struggles and the hardship of mothers and the resentment of mothers raising their children by themselves. I see the coldness and the detachment with these children. I see their pain. Heck, I had that pain. And I think that we should do everything in our power to protect our children from that brokenness so that, I mean, the world is going to be challenging enough for them. And the best that we can do is to give them um, a fair start to meet those challenges. So this is a conversation about us being unselfish. This is a conversation about us committing to the needs of our children. Uh, I believe that motherhood should be in a marriage. I don't know, and I, I, I don't know that I could have been the mother that I am and have been to my children if I did not have my husband, their father here. Um, the just, just thinking about the security and the stability that he provided for us, where I could just pour into and dedicate myself, I didn't have some of the frustrations that I see that some of my unwed mothers the sisters that I see, I, I didn't have those challenges. I didn't have those same stressors. And when we are stressed as mothers, um, we have very low tolerance for uh, the childishness or the silly delinquencies of our children in their youth. It's a very, it could be a very tense household. Um, but because I had the shelter the security and the stability of my husband, I believe it's why I was able to give so much to my sons in the way that I have. Now, I don't know what would have happened if we had walked away from each other like so many do. I don't know what would have happened, but I know it would have been harder. I know that the, sh that, that the, that the challenges that I faced or have faced alone would have been greater. But because we stayed with each other, he had a partner and I had a partner. And that is what I want for our sisters. I want you to, to, to parent in a partnership so our children can have the stability, so that they can have the confidence, so that they can have the security to face the world knowing that they have security at home, that their mother isn't stressing because that's what we do. When we're stressing because of our, our unwed parenting conditions, then we tell our children about our stress and we tell them about what their father isn't doing. And we tell them about the lack of contribution of, that is not their, their burden to shoulder, but we share it with them. Yes, I know we do because I hear it and I see it. And it's unfair, and I see that the sh I see the strain that that does in the belly of a child. So um, there are so many benefits to marriage. There are so many benefits. There are so many pleasures to marriage. Uh, but what I would encourage us to do is to get out of an instant gratification kind of mindset when we think about family, and thinking about uh, our own. We can be very immature very immature. And, you know, he's not doing what I want him to do. I'm out. She's not doing what I want her to do. I'm out. Okay, you're out. But what about the children? And what are you doing to maintain um, their welfare, their emotional welfare, their spiritual welfare, their physical welfare? It is so much easier to do it under the same roof. And so I would encourage my sisters and my brothers who are married 
Stay in there. Get your project off. Finish the group project. When one person walks away from that group project and the others have to kind of pick up the slack, and if that's not their expertise, the project is going to suffer. So walking away creates a strain on that child, and it creates a deficit at home. So I would, uh, in all the right conditions, to ha- I would encourage you to stay in there and think about, think unselfishly about what our children need and be dedicated to that. Uh, so, you know, my, my goal is only to share the truth. Um, if you think that I've said something that is not the truth, I would love to hear from you. I am not someone who thinks that I know it all. Um, I certainly have so much more to learn in this life, uh, and I'm open and willing to learn from you if you have something to share with me. Uh, But I will say, though, that uh, we need to catalyze, we need to quicken, we need to um, be expedient in reforming some of the challenges that our our community has faced. And as I said in the last episode, a nation's not going to rise any higher than its woman. And if the woman is suffering and struggling and emotionally bankrupt, well, that's what we're going to produce. And you may say, well, you put so much responsibility on the woman. Well, I'm a woman and I'm talking to women and there are men who talk to men. My expertise is not men. My expertise is not manhood. Um, that's for someone else to have that conversation with the brothers, but it's it's a conversation that I'm having with my sisters. I know how we think. I know the challenges that we've had. I know uh, the challenges that we've seen. Um, but what I also know is that we have the power. God has given us the power to control the way our communities go. And so we have to um, put ourselves in the right conditions so that we can um, nurture our children and nurture nurture our community back to health. And if we do not put ourselves in a safe place to nurture our community back to health, then we're going to continue with the sicknesses that we see that plagues our communities. And one of the ways that we can protect ourselves, and by protecting ourselves, we're protecting our children, is to make decisions, to make decisions that are in our best interest. And we can't look to television to tell us what our interests are. We can't look to social media to tell us what our interests are. We can't look to um, the desperate housewives or the housewives of Atlanta or the basketball wives. We can't look to them to tell us what our interests are because that's entertainment. That's media. That's for viewers. That's for uh, popularity. You know, what's unpopular is the hard work that so many of us are doing here at the ground. Um, So we can't have media. We can't have Eurocentric or uh, Eurocentric ideas um, leading, not in our community. Um, They can lead in other communities, but Eurocentric ideas can't lead in our community. Um, They have been leading us for 400 years, and we have to detach ourselves from that and reestablish what's significant to us. So we have to set our own values. And right now we see that there's a value system that is broken in the black community. We're seeing this. I don't care if you make um, $10 an hour or if you make $100,000 a year. There's something that's broken in our community and it's not going to be fixed uh, uh, with mainstream ideas. We need something new. We need something different. Um, So part of what we need, I 
intend to share that through this podcast. And I would encourage you to continue listening. Let me know what you think about this, I, this, I, these ideas that I've shared. Let me know what you think about this conversation. Um, it's an ongoing conversation that I intend to have here. I want to hear, you know, your perspective and what you think. We see how we're threatened outside of the home. So what I would encourage each of you to do who's listening, think about the way that we can create safe homes so that our children can start learning uh, uh, compromise, conflict resolution, um, how to work in partnership with others. And that starts by them um, seeing it modeled from their mother and from their father. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking with you again next week in the next episode. But until then, stay in peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Norris Feast podcast. Be on the lookout for a new episode coming at you fresh next week. And as always, if you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, visit my website, noramohammed.com. Or if you have a listener question, email me at info at You can also follow the Nora Speaks podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Nora Speaks Podcast. I'll be sure to include links in the show notes. If this show has value to you, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with family and friends. And be sure to check out previous episodes. And remember, don't just join the movement, be the movement. Stay in peace.